Good morning, dear ones. For many years I have stood where I stand right now, ready to share something I hope will be meaningful in some way to you. But you must know that each Sunday, before I ever utter a word, I cast my eyes around the room, looking at your faces. Knowing so many of the stories you carry, looking to see if you're sitting in your favorite seats, the places that I think of as your home base. And what I'm privileged each week to see is a profoundly beautiful sight. Knowing that I will likely not be seeing you from here again compels me, as grief always does, to linger just a little longer, look a little more directly into your eyes, to take in a little more consciously tenderly or gratefully the many varied and beautiful lives seated before me. I can see now why in some religious traditions a minister keeps their distance from the members so that it doesn't hurt so much to leave. However, I would not have traded the deep bonds I have with you for anything. So what do I want to say this morning? Now, though I was tempted to reiterate every worthwhile message I thought I'd ever said, (laughs) or tell you everything I have always hoped to say in the future, What this platform will be about is really just this. Thank you. You see, in many years, in many ways, I grew up here. 34 years ago, when I was in my late 20s, when I walked up our front steps for the first time, I don't remember the topic that day. But what I do remember is the passion with which our former senior leader spoke. I remember reading and rereading the words over the proscenium, the place where people meet to seek the highest is holy ground, wondering what that meant to those seated around me. I immersed myself in Wes, joining endless numbers of committees, the board, learning everything I could get my hands on about you. And what I came to realize is that this is a place 
that holds not only our noblest aspirations, but also our whole lives, our doubts and disappointments, our broken hearts, our resilience, and also our joy in the most lovely, simple things, our gladness and sometimes greatness, a place that reminds us that every one of us can do something to add to the store of good in the world, a place that makes us imagine what more we are capable of. Here I am. Here we are, still learning, every one of us, how best to be a person. I didn't know all this on my first day, but I felt the rightness of this place from the start. And though I was shy and socially clumsy, I kept coming back, and you kept right on welcoming me and even hugging me, though I did run out the back door of the meeting hall before the closing words each Sunday so that I wouldn't have to actually talk to anyone or hug. You were all very patient with my resistance to your overtures and with my awkwardness. I watched and I listened and you gently drew me out. And what I learned was that this ordinary group of good, good people were gathered for extraordinary purposes. To raise ethical children, to sing to dance, even though we don't do that as much as we used to, to reach out to the lonely, to find any reason whatsoever to celebrate, to love, to become better people, and to change the world. I came to learn that this place is made holy, sacred, by our presence here and by our laughter and our tears, and our intention. It is here where I found my voice. Here where I first learned to take a stand. Here where I learned to ask for help and how to say no. It was you, many of you, who guided me to my husband, Jean, and he to me. At least a whole lot of you have taken credit for that over the years. (laughs) Through your example, I learned to parent. And it was within this honorary circle, circle of honorary uncles and aunts that my daughters grew to be the fine women they have become. As well, it was here where I was first astonished by authentic, open, honest, trusting, and healthy communication and knew it for the miracle it was, the requirement it is. It is here where I chose to be brave and walked all the way in and was transformed. 
And so, my dear friends, what I have been trying to do all these years with you is to give something back. Each of us, writes Albert Schweitzer, has cause to think with deep gratitude of those who have lighted the flame within us. Don Montagna, our former senior leader of 34 years, who is in El Salvador today, or would be here, was one such person for me and for many of you. I'm grateful to him for many things, his boundless energy, his strategic mind, his insights into relational dynamics. But what I am most grateful for is that he saw something in me that I didn't and couldn't see. He believed in me. He trusted my instincts. He cheered me on even when some of my more harebrained ideas didn't work. He always allowed me to simply be me. And back then, we were all in some wild, exuberant, noisy, shared adventure together. And he pushed us to boldly go, as he would put it, where no one has gone before. You've heard those words. To be willing to make absolute fools of ourselves along the way, if necessary. We delivered that, especially that last part, because after all, we knew that we were building something important and beautiful. There have been many other mentors for me over the years, several of them in this room right now. And to all of you, with all my heart, thank you. What inspires me so is the way you all live ethical culture, a religion that places relationships first, that requires us to call out the best in each other, that we might discover the best in ourselves. You commit to action on behalf of others, are vigilant about freedom, passionate about justice. You faithfully care for each other and question authority. We offer a counterculture here, one that runs counter to every prevailing mythology about money, materialism, cynicism, apathy, exclusion, glittering success, or fundamentalism of every stripe. I've always loved the words of Anne Lamott, who cautions that the opposite of faith is not doubt. It is certainty. And we are a people who persist in placing our faith in the goodness of the human spirit. And this is what we mean to teach our children, by the way. Not some cheery, feel-good story which claims that if we just obey certain rules, we will live happily ever after, which is, of course, just another mythology but instead a story that inspires a fierce 
and necessary commitment to building a world where love and justice cross all borders. Our children learn that the ends never justify the means and that we are meant to be active agents for goodness, not complacent bystanders whenever groups or individuals are being hurt or diminished. They learn also that our imperfection is the hallmark of our humanity. We have much to offer a hurting world that needs us, and we are attempting to create nothing less than an ethical culture. And so, therefore, it is so crucial that we nurture the kind of culture here that we want to reflect back into the world and therefore become. I have had the privilege of watching decades' worth of our children under Peggy Gates's loving guidance grow up to be open, creative, compassionate, and principled adults, shining love into the world, my daughters among them. Ethical culture teaches us that you choose to make what you choose to make of your one wild and precious life, to use Mary Oliver's phrase, is a matter of will, a matter of courage, a matter of imagination and collaboration and patience and impatience and practice. Our central premise always is that we are worthy, dignified, and beautiful. But our responsibility is to answer that premise, to honor it, to live it as if it were true. Ethical culture does not assume that we're born kind, that we're passionate, but that at some point we choose that path. And choosing to belong to this living laboratory, as our founding member Felix Adler envisioned it, is choosing that sacred space where we can practice and fail and practice some more. We practice the difficult art of right relationship with all of its stumbles and lapses and mishaps, but yet we keep walking toward that ideal, which is how we can grow grateful and grounded and ethical. I will miss Sunday mornings, this weekly hour that we set aside which yields no product or end, except sometimes a kind of deepening, or perhaps sometimes a learning, a turning of perspective or reassurance or peace or courage or some righteous outrage. I have come almost every Sunday for 34 years because I know that I need to hear, to paraphrase Felix Adler, that somewhere within me and within you is a bit of the best of the universe. And that eliciting that best in others is what gives any of us any chance of a hope of becoming more whole. I come to be challenged to be the best I can be 
I do not come for the entertainment value or even for the intellectual stimulation, though those are nice benefits, but rather because coming to West fortifies me in a way I have never found anywhere else. Knowing what your spiritual home is, the song it sings, its particular language, knowing it deeply and thoroughly, and cherishing it, I believe, prepares us when we bump up against the edges of our differences. There is something ethical, not merely emotional, in cherishing. A friend of mine called yesterday to tell me the sad news of the death of her first grandchild, four months old, from SIDS. And she spoke of how that experience has changed what she pays attention to, how grateful she has become for each day. And she spoke of the many who have helped and held her. Wes, too, has been through some terrible losses together. Matthew Wayman Ariana Kosak, the deaths of many of our longtime and beloved elders and so many personal losses, so many of them as well. In talking with my friend, it reminded me once again how fragile this whole enterprise is, how fragile, how fragile our happiness can be, our security can be, our relationships can be, How fragile our satisfaction can be, our jobs can be. How little we can take for granted. How much we need each other. I am grateful for how you shared with me your struggles, your fears, your disappointments, and your dreams over the years. It has been my joy to celebrate your weddings and commitment ceremonies and the naming of your babies. It has been such an honor to sit at the bedside of members in their last moments of life or to hold your hands when you have just lost loved ones. It is perhaps the deepest privilege you have entrusted me with, and I thank you. I thank you for all the ways, large and small, you care for one another. I see how these acts accumulate over time in a way that can move mountains in yourselves, and in one another. Jean, Ariana, and Emily, and I can never thank you enough for the many times you have taken us into your arms and given us courage when we've had our own terrors and losses. The poet Wendell Berry says, we clasp the hands of those who go before us and the hands of those who come after us. We enter the little circle of each other's arms and every other larger concentric circle rippling out. Rest and rejoicing belong to the task and are its grace. Let tomorrow come tomorrow. Not by your will is the house carried through the night. And nothing could be more true than that. 
it can be hard to acknowledge that some things cannot be solved by our desire or our intelligence or by our effort. Not by our power, not by our brilliant planning or control is the house carried through the night. Or are we carried through the night? Or is this ethical society carried through the night? It's great to have well-thought-out plans or goals. But in the end, they do not hold us. We are held by the little circle of each other's arms. This last month, as I've prepared for this day, I've been thinking not so much about all the outstanding, astounding things we have created together, which have left me in awe of all of you. All the deep and hard work we've given ourselves over to. But I've been thinking about each of you as individuals. Not one of you left unnamed in my heart. And I have been literally awash in gratitude for this beautiful community we have here. This beautiful community we have made here. I will miss so many things, the annual cycle of our celebrations and the great creative collaboration between our children and adults we've created. And yes, the puppets. I will miss having our family room full of members sewing costumes and paper macheing the hands and faces of those puppets and then leaving them to dry on the open racks of my dishwasher for days on end. I won't miss that part, I don't think. (laughs) I will miss hearing your stories of what new thing you've been learning or trying out, what lately has brought you joy. And I will miss seeing all the tiny little miracles that happen here all the time. And so I'm taking this liberty, as this is my last day, (laughs) to share my wishes for you. You are a community of risk-takers for what you feel matters. You expanded and made our building accessible despite those who issued warnings that our community was undergoing way too many changes at once. You persevered. You dug deep to pay for it. We couldn't complete it all at once, but that was okay with you. And I consider the result of where we've come thus far pretty much the same way I see our movement and our lives. Unfinished. A little raw and raggedy around the edges. Completely imperfect. Yet always evolving, growing, changing, ever more beautiful. I have always encouraged you to welcome change. Continue to be feisty and take those worthwhile risks for what matters. Push the limits. Don't always play it safe. Walk from time to time on the wild side. Have crazy, crazy fun. Celebrate. And please strive to become more deeply connected with our national ethical culture movement. 
Our teens are very attached to the teens from other societies. Let yourself be attached to the many marvelous people in our movement as well. Dig in and provide leadership. They want you and need you. Ethical culture provides us with a path, a path which at its core is love. Know that with each step we take along this path, we are building together a glorious golden city. And finally, my friends, love lavishly. It may sound corny and maybe a bit trite, but I do believe that love is the answer. Not the movie, squishy, sappy kind of love, not what you find in Hallmark cards, but the muscular kind of love that is steadfast. The kind that requires that we be not only the one who listens, but the one who opens us up to different truths than we think we know right now and to people who are very different from us. The kind that forces us out of our comfort zone, the kind of love that heals rather than hurts. Here we are less about directives than we are about desire, personal expression, vision, and heart. These are the ingredients that make up the glue that holds us together. Know that by choosing love, you will be tipping the scales between a meaningful life and one of tragic regrets. And a notion of caution here today. Every community will have stormy moments, especially during times of transition. It's part of growth. But there's research that shows that one way that paradoxically builds bridges between people is to discover a common enemy. There are no enemies here. We're all just imperfect people doing our best. Listen to me, says the poet Mary Oliver, without fanfare, without embarrassment, without any doubt, I talk directly to your soul. Listen to me. Lift the oars from the water, let your arms rest, and your heart, and your heart's little imaginings, and listen to me. There is, light, there is life without love. It is not worth a bent penny or a scuffed shoe. It is not worth the body of a dead dog nine days unburied. Listen long enough to let your life speak to you. Heed that voice in you that says, stop. Pay attention to what matters because your life depends on it. Listen to me. 
your deep knowing self is saying, find out what you truly desire. Find out what you love. Open your heart until you know what you must do. And then grow, grow for your life toward it. We don't have unlimited time on this earth, so live your life, the life that your passion, your yearning, your heart asks you to live. Love is always there for you. Row, row, row. Swiftly toward it. It is inviting you. It is announcing your name telling you that you are worthy of love, saying, I love you, over and over and over again. I can imagine that for a long, long time, I will be dreaming of you, of what we created together, of what what might have been, and what I'm hoping will be. I can't know right now what my path might open up, what path might open up for Jean and for me. But I do know that I have more stories in my life to be lived. And finally, there are three people to whom I owe my greatest thanks. Jean, the love of my life, who has stood with me every step of the way on this journey. And to our two daughters, sorry. Our two daughters, who so often had to give up my attention and time over the years so that I could serve this community. I know that that was awfully hard for you sometimes. It was awfully hard for me. And I am all yours now. I am told that the heart remembers everything it loved and gave away. But where love has been, nothing can destroy. I will no longer be with you on this journey. But I have every faith in you. I love you this day and always.